podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 182 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. I was saying we were going to be back at the weekend after the uh, the first game of the season, but uh, we've come out with a little bit of a special scene as Everton have signed a player. It's always good when Everton signed a player. It brings a lot, a lot of excitement. The player in question, as we know, uh, he's, he's been there. Uh, on the periphery of uh, of signing for the last sort of seven to ten days, and that is Yusef Chimisi from from Sporting. Uh, delighted to say we mentioned him on the podcast the other day. Uh, we've got on the on today's show Portuguese football expert, is what I'm going to call you, Aaron. Um, obviously the the face of Presumers Yanada. Hope I said that correctly. I'm sure that I did with my excellent language knowledge. We had this discussion again on Sunday, um, and it's it's Aaron Barton, Aaron. I'm sure, and I know you've been very, very busy when it comes to discussing Yusef Chimisi on uh, on Everton fan channels and podcasts because you you are the go-to for for uh, Portuguese football for, for English fans, that's for sure. Um, so delighted to have you on on today and get a little bit of a little bit of your time and, and your knowledge to, to discuss this fella. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Can never turn down a, a request from an Evertonian, a fellow Evertonian. So yeah, looking forward to it. Well, let's just just jump straight in um, about him because obviously he's a player that prior to, to the link and that, that came out as I say sort of seven to ten days ago, we didn't know who he was at all. You know, he's, he's a nineteen year old kid, played a handful of games for the, for the first team really, um, and like I say, we we know very little about him. I've seen very little of him bar clips that we found that we've put out, and obviously. You can always put out someone's best bits, but I'm not going to compile a, uh, a highlight reel of someone's worst seats, so to speak, and worst performances. But what what's this kid all about? We know he's a big lad. He's about six foot three, six foot four as well. So he, he's he's physical. But what is he? What is his game? Yeah. So uh, yeah, you summed them up quite well. He is he's a he's a bit of a handful. He's someone who's got good physical presence. Someone who gets himself into good areas to um, to to get on the end of chances. Um, aerially, I think he's shown in in the small sample of games that he's played in the first team, 16 appearances, only nine starts. But um, you know, he's shown that he's he's capable, sort of in the air and getting in and amongst it and, and trying to, you know, get up against defenders and stuff. He can drift out wide. Um, sometimes he'll he'll drop deep to pick up the ball and and try and um, get into good good areas. And as I say, he's someone who. who seems to get on the end of chances. He's one of those players that always seems to be in the right area. It's just the the sort of the clinical the clinical nature of him so far is, is that he's just or lack of rather is that uh, yeah he is guilty of, of of missing chances. But again as you say he's 19 now. He was I think 18 for a for a large part of last season. Really, you know, sort of um, really new to senior football. In terms of he hadn't played that many times for Sport and B, who were also a senior side, they play in the in the lower divisions. But a lot of a lot of his football sort of up to this point was in the under nineteens and with the twenty threes. So he's had to sort of adapt to senior football very quickly. He wasn't 
next in line to go into the Sporting First team either. I don't that the fans didn't think that he would be the replacement if slash when Palinho got injured. They had their eyes fixed on another player, Rodrigo Ribeiro, who this season will be Sporting's third uh, third choice striker now that they've obviously um sold to Mitty. So it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange one that it, when he first sort of came into the team, but maybe they did it with an eye on selling him the following year. Now now it's starting to make maybe a little bit more sense. But as I say, he, he demonstrated on on numerous occasions what he can do with a bit of with a bit of polishing. I think he needs he needs that to be a bit more refined. But so young, so inexperienced that if Everton do decide to sort of bring him in and have him work alongside other forwards uh, to sort of develop his game, then, you know, could be could be a really good signing, you know, in, in sort of years to come. But someone that's going to hit the ground running straight away, probably not. What's interesting to me, mate, is, is since Salwell's come in with his team, you know, if you look at the players we've been linked with, um, you know, there's a lot of players that a lot of us have never heard of, you know what I mean? Or, or certainly were, you know, very much weren't on the radar with a lot of other clubs either. This committee signing strikes to that as well, to me. Yeah. You know what I mean, even someone like, you know, Mohamed Kudis to Ajax. Now, a lot of people wouldn't have known who he was before we got linked with him. You know what I mean? He ended up going on and becoming a household name after the World Cup, didn't he? And his price obviously is quadruple. But, it's reassuring to me that the likes we've been linked with, you know, El Bilal Torre, for example, other players as well. Now, obviously, Jimmy, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, it, there's clearly a plan now from from a Mashiri letting the finally letting the people do their jobs, and and b obviously that Thelwell and his team clearly, you know, seem to have a, a very wide scouting network and seem to be, you know, dare I say, it, know how to spot a player potentially. Yeah, I think and and away from the Portuguese stuff, just as an Evertonian, it is a lot more reassuring to see us. I like was, obviously, with Chimitis a little bit different because I know him, I've watched them, but when we're sort of linked with other players that I'm like, never really heard of him or might have only heard his name once or twice, that's a bit more reassuring than we've been linked to this, you know, experienced Premier League player who's played, you know, tons of games and you know exactly what they're about and they don't really sort of inspire. Obviously, you can get some good good signings like that. We were speaking before, just off air, Gareth Barry is like is one of those. And obviously we've signed Ashley Young this window. But on the main, it's it's nice to be linked with these players from abroad and that we're not just looking sort of in the same place. And you're here in, you know, ages like 19, 20, 21, and you're thinking it's it's a step in the right direction rather than just bringing players here for a payday. It's players who can come here who want to improve the club, who want to improve themselves. And then in two, three years, you can move them on. That's the nature of football. That's what all the best clubs who aren't in the elite do, is they they buy players and, and they sell them on. To be honest, it's what we used to do when we used to buy players cheap under Moyes, whether it be from abroad or from the championship and sort of mould them. And then, you know, they'd, they'd eventually leave and we'd replace and we were self-sufficient. And that's how we were able to sort of compete at the top end for so long. It was only really when we started splashing big money on 27, 28, 29-year-olds that you then had left with players at the end of the contract and you're thinking, we can't really shift them on. They're on massive wages. They don't really look like they want to be here. And and then you all of a sudden, you're in this sort of, you think, oh God, we've been in a bit of a hole for you know four or five, 
years now and after you know after sort of changing the model slightly so it is nice it is reassuring that as i say Schmitty, if i was asked to scout you know five strikers from the premier league who could come in and make an impact straight away he wouldn't be in the top five but if you were to you know sort of look at younger players that there's, there's clearly something there you know kings need to be ironed out in his game and and he needs to improve in other areas but it's a project and I think it's exciting to to have a project and I think it's important that Evertonians know as well that that is a project that when he comes on off the bench you know if he if he has a loose touch or the ball gets away for, for, from him or you know he'll blaze a shot wide or he'll shoot when he's supposed to pass or he'll pass when he should shoot that he's still 19 like it's 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 not going to happen overnight and people talk about Brighton that they sign lots of players for roughly the same amount and then they have a couple who will you know become gems and the others you don't really hear of them because they just sort of do it in silence they'll bring them on they'll try and develop them and if it doesn't work they'll sell them on I think that Victor Jocheres who just went to Sporting he was at Brighton a lot of people don't even know he was at Brighton he was, it was one of them he just sort of moved, moved on and um yeah, I think it's nice that we're moving, we're moving in this way. And you know, w- would it be nice if we brought someone in as well who could sort of hit the ground running and maybe take the pressure off Calvert Lewin if he gets injured, and take the pressure off Chimizzi being able to lead the line if Calvert Lewin gets injured? Yeah, it would be. And so hopefully we do get in, you know, another attacker. But I think Chimizzi, Calvert Lewin, Dan Juma, McNeil when he's back fit, and another forward in there as well. All of a sudden you're thinking. The side that's actually you know they could have goals in it this year, so yeah. But I think, I think the point you make then we, we had a conversation on the podcast on Sunday in around Shimiti and around obviously when we buy in players of 19, 20, 21. That as Everton fans and as any football fans, you've got to have that patience, you've got to understand, you know, first of all, the age of the kid, second of all, how many games or how many minutes he's actually played in, in the first team, and third of all, he's come obviously from from Portugal to the the quickest league in the world, effectively in the Premier League. You know, it's, it's physical, it's fast, um, and it's going to take quite a bit of time for this kid to adapt. So, so the talk and, and the call for patience is is totally correct because he's not going to come in. You know, and we know, we said it the other day, we're, we're looking, always looking for a hero, aren't we? We're looking for somebody to come in as an Everton fan, especially as a striker, to come in, come and score 15, 20 goals a season, Someone to come in to take the pressure off Dominic Calvert Lewin because obviously we know the issues he's had over the last two years or so. And this kid isn't that isn't that man. This kid is very much like you say, he's a project, he's someone for the next maybe you know two, three, four years, and then you look then to, to sort of move on and, and make a profit. So the importance of getting someone else in besides this kid as a striker is huge. But in terms of his <clears throat> of his profile. Obviously, we look at Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's he's quick and strong. Um, he's agile, and not the best finisher in the world, but but he's good in the air as well. So, in terms of Dominic Calvert-Lewin's game, does it does it match up? Does it mirror what what Chimiti can do? Are, are they in the similar kind of mold? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I spoke about it last week that the similarities, and I saw on social media about the the similarities between him and Calvert-Lewin in his first season at Everton or second season at Everton in terms of 
again, that was a player that you couldn't really rely on. And, and you touched on it then, Calvert-Lewin's overall game has improved massively, but he's still not the most reliable finisher in the world. But I was watching an interview with him the other day and he was he said to himself, I haven't been able to show what I can actually you know, fully do yet. And we forget that he's still, he's still a young, you know, he's still a young man in terms of, in terms of how many games he's played at senior level and stuff. But if, um, if he's developed in this, in the sort of, in the same way, and he, he's playing with a, uh, with a, with a real, like, it, the league is one thing because the league will, will hit him like a ton of bricks because as it does with every young player who moves from somewhere that's so different. And Portugal and the Premier League, uh, the Premier League and the Premier League, are, you know, are completely different. His strengths there will also be his strengths here, which, which is good because, as I say, being good in the air and stuff that translates. It's just you're up against stronger defenders, you're up against wiser defenders, more wily defenders who will, who will um, try maybe one or two of the uh, other dark hearts, Especially if you know you see a 19 year old kid, they'll think, yeah, you'll have him, you know. So it's how how will he respond to that as well. And that's more of a sign of not just the physical, but how will he do in terms of will he rise to the, the occasion, you know, rise to the challenge. And that's something that we'll only see when he puts an Everton shirt on and someone does go through the back of him or, you know, something like that. And it, it, that'll be really interesting to see. But, yeah, I think those those sort of comparisons last season, saying about him sort of missing big chances, he, he, he had 10 big chances in total. He scored two of them and it missed eight of them. So, but, you know, he still managed to score three goals. One of them wasn't classed as a big chance. But you're thinking, to have 10 big chances when he only started nine games, played 16 games in total, that's coming off the bench. That's a sign of someone who's getting in the right areas. That's a sign of someone who knows where to be when the ball comes into the box or sort of knows when to drift out wide, knows what clever runs to make. And I said last week to, to someone else, if it was a case of, oh yeah, he's a great finisher, but he never seems to be in the right place and he's not he's not getting chances to even miss or score. He's just sort of, you know, sometimes we see strikers and they look a little bit alienated. They don't really know where to go. When the ball comes to them at the feet, they're brilliant, but they're not doing enough sort of off the ball to get into those spaces. That's when it's a bit more of a worry. But for him, if he continues to get into those, uh, to get into those right areas, like Calvert-Lewin, who, as I say, is also guilty of missing chances, you know, in his sort of early days. I wouldn't have banked on him when he used to go 1v1. I was never convinced, really. Um, but it's something that he's worked on. And with his, you know, his injuries have obviously hampered him. But now when he, when you see him on the team sheet, you're like, get in. Because you just know how his overall game is um, has just massively improved. And I hope it's it's a similar thing with Chimiti that And if he stays... You know, injury free. That should sort of speed up his progress as well, and and get in the Premier League and be playing and getting good minutes and minutes in the cup and and um, and also be part of a, a side that are creating chances because that's that's another thing is that he's coming from a team that dominate possession, that get chances. So you're pointing to those. You know, he's missed ten big chances in in sixteen games. Well. How long will it take for him to get ten big chances at Everton? Probably take him a little bit longer, just because of the nature of the the side that we are at the minute. But if, as I say, we can, um, you know, we're, we're we're a fit side and we're, we're a strong side and we're a side that Daesh 
hopefully has clearly got a message across to how we want to play this season, whether it be, you know, trying to trying to hit teams on the break, you know, a la what we did against Brighton, which is just an example of what can happen when things go right. And, you know, when you've got a strong team out there and they all understand tactically what's being asked of them, you can go up against the superior opponent, which, you know, man for man, Brighton are and were, and you can completely outclass them. And Chimiti could be a, a, a really important piece in that. And the same with Dan Jumer as well. These are exciting, you know, attacking players, which is feels like, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to, to, to say that. And yeah, we still, as I said before, need maybe one or two more. But yeah, step in the right direction, hopefully. That's one thing I was going to say to you, mate. You touched on it a little bit there. Is, is the little clips I've seen of of Chimiti is is he's he's obviously like you said you've mentioned his frame. He's a tall lad. Probably could put on a, a bit more muscle to play in the Premier League. That'll come out when he fills out a little bit. But from the little clips I've seen to him, players seem you know particularly midfield seem comfortable playing it into him. Uh, you know, and he can seem to hold the ball up pretty well. He's got a good touch. Um, he showed some little neat touches, the bits I've seen of him as well. Um, typically Portuguese in a way, technically very good. Do you know what I mean? The talented kids, particularly through Lisbon. Sport in Lisbon have got a, a track record of bringing technically good players through, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? And then, um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, again, certainly away from home, the template will be the Brighton game for for uh, for Daesh, you know what I mean? But obviously, in order for us to play that way, we need somebody who can lead the line, like you said, the way Calvert-Lewin did in that game, occupy centre-halves, bring the ball down, win free kicks, you know what I mean? And and basically give us a platform from which to play from there, isn't it? especially for counter-attacking. And I just think, you know, obviously, we know the personnel, for example, Mope, we just cannot do that whatsoever. Yeah. You know, he, he hasn't got the skill set. I mean, he hasn't got very many skill sets, but that's another story. But... Um, but the point I'm saying is, do you think this lad can, I know, again, he's only young and obviously he'll learn the game, but from the bits you've seen of him, could 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 we hit him direct? You know, could we go into him and he can hold it up and, and you know, win free kicks, like I said, and bring other people into play, that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. And I think is is you're right where you say about when he fills out, that he probably will have to put um, a, a bit more, a bit more muscle on, a bit more beef on, just to make him... Just to sort of complement his height, because as you say, he's, he's tall, but what's the word? He's wiry. He's, yeah. he's, he's a little bit wiry for the Premier League, maybe. But as I say, that's easily uh, easily rectified. Yeah, he's someone that 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 sport when especially with with sport and they play uh, like a three at the back, so they'll push the wing backs really high, look to get crosses into the box, look to get the ball um, forward quickly. I think I, I don't know if you're at the game on on Saturday against Sporting. Even um, the way that they set up there, a lot of it was quick transitions. Get the ball into Jorges and play it. He was a lot made a lot of good runs down the channels, trying to get the ball forward, you know, sort of quickly. And I'd say they definitely um, they definitely do that more than the other two in, in in Benfica and Porto as well. So they're probably the more that sort of not similar to those, but the quicker play, trying to get the ball from back to front a bit quicker. So. It's it's not something that'll be completely alien to him when we, you know, we look to get the ball up to him quickly, whether that be to his feet or into his chest. Uh, and, and as you say, it's it's nice, it's reassuring that we're actually being targeted, uh, that we're actually linking. Uh, we're being linked with players who are in a similar mould to what we've already got, because you touched on the more pay, the more pay thing is, you have one striker who's 
one complete different profile plays completely differently. And when he gets injured, what are we going to do? We're going to bring in a player who's the complete opposite. So now you've got to change tactically. And with us, that's a bit more difficult to be tactically flexible because a lot of our players are quite one-dimensional. So you've got a player like McNeil, his best strengths are get to the byline and put a cross in as quick as you can. Now you're crossing to someone who's five foot eight or however tall Mope is. So you, you, we be linked with a player who physically you're looking at sort of yeah Calvert Lewin those for sort of when he came in from Chef Chef United. It's it's something a little bit similar. You don't have to completely throw the plan out the window now. It's like all right, well Calvert Lewin's injured. All right, well bring in the player that's you know maybe an inch taller than him. I think I don't, I don't know. The whole series, Calvert-Lewin about 6'1", 6'2", something like might be, might be the same height, maybe taller. Mm. But um, you've you've got something there that's similar. So it means when you're training as well, when you're on, you know, in, in Finch Farm every day, you're working in a specific system, knowing that, you know, this is a Wednesday, we might be playing on Saturday. If your forward gets injured on the on the on the you know on the the Wednesday or the Thursday, you've got a couple of days now to to say right, well we'll continue playing the way we were playing. Because we've got someone else that can come in and do a similar job to you, not completely identical. You know the difference, and Calvert-Lewin's a lot further down the line in terms of just his overall confidence when he's playing as well. He'll be able to bring the ball down with a lot more confidence and know I can handle the Premier League. You know, if it weren't for injuries, you know, as I say, it's most of our first name on the team sheet. So, yeah, I, I do think the. Um, I shall know as well, and I think you, we. I don't know whether it was off air or whether we touched on it at the start about uh, smarter scouting, like looking out for players who fit the way that we want to play. And the the scouting team have obviously came in for a lot of sort of flacking in in uh, recent months and years. But I think people are starting to wise up now that the scouting team and the recruitment team are actually good at what they do because when we see these names listed time and time again, the players that we think. Yeah, we you know we'd love to have him. It's sort of getting those deals over the line, and for whatever reason that may be, the, the deals haven't happened. Then we went with alternatives. It's another conversation for another day. But um, yeah, I think I think it's it's it is it's a it's a sign that we're we're trying to be a bit more cute and a bit more clever in the market. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, it certainly it certainly comes across as and is a lot more positive than what we've what we've seen. Um, in, in previous years, previous windows, previous regimes, to, to be obviously have this kind of player come in with the age and the profile that he is, and him like you like you just explained. Then you know he should fit in, and he does fit into to um, our style of play, which is which is ideal. But caveat that with, we've still got to be very very patient with this with this lad and let him develop. It's going to take time, like you say. He will have he will come on and. Have bad touches and miss miss big chances, and but it, you know we, we've just got to accept that going down this road of bringing in players of that kind of age and that kind of profile, it does take time. And like you said earlier on, it, it is a project. But certainly, you know, I'm, I'm certainly excited to see how he develops over the course of this season. You know, to see from from you know the start of of his his time at the club to to the end of the season. How much he develops and, and see what impact he, he can have. So it's it's certainly it's certainly an exciting one for me. Um, I've, I've I've got to be honest, but obviously you know in terms of Everton themselves, as you know you, you're as you know you're you're an Everton fan as well. You, you go to games, you know what what we've been through the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on this season? You know, obviously the transfer window is still open. There's still deals to be done. Uh, players to come, players to go. 
are you more hopeful going into this season than you were maybe in previous seasons? Um, or is, is that concern from what's happened over the last two seasons still very much at the, at the front of your mind? It's a bit of both, to be honest. It's a bit of both. I'm, I'm more positive going into this season. Well, I'm more positive going into the season than I've been for the, for, for the last couple. And that's not even so much to do with squadding goings and outgoings. It's more just the fact that Hopefully we've got a 38 game season with Dice, who, for his faults, and you know whatever they may be, he's someone that at least inspires a bit of confidence in me. That at least we're gonna be one of the fittest teams in the league. Hopefully we're gonna be one of the most hard working teams in the league. Hopefully, and we're gonna be one of the teams that's got a real clear tactical sort of the players will have this clear tactical. Uh, understanding of of what the manager wants and at times I think we've lacked that and as I say you, people might talk about his style of play but I thought I mean in the in the in the sport game to be honest in pre-season I feel like a lot of the the one such passing that that we've seen if you, you if you've noticed it a lot of a lot of the stuff not so much well out the back but into midfield is like these quick giving goes and at times, it felt like, especially sort of under Lampard and under Benitez, everything was so predictable and so like laboured and so slow that obviously we it was like once defences were were set, how are we going to break these teams down? I felt I felt like in pre-season we've actually looked at, like sharp at times in terms of those sorts of transitions. The uh, the Amadou Onana chance against Sporting where we're over sort of on the on the left hand side then he comes in he plays that one the give and go and he's hit, and he and he, he hits the post he's unlucky not to to hit the inside of the post and we would you know would have been a goal those sorts of like little moments you're thinking oh yeah you can actually can actually sort of see something there and um yeah i think that's that's encouraging i was looking at dice's numbers obviously last season when he came in and can't remember what it was, but I think it was. He was obviously given, you know, there was some difficult games. It felt like we'd had all the home games, uh, the winnable home games under Lampard, and then, and then, uh, and then Dice had to deal with uh, going to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the big sides sort of away from home. But I think he was averaging. Um, I think he was averaging a point or just over. I did over a thirty-eight game season. Is is what he what he done in charge? I think it would have had us finishing about thirteenth or fourteenth or something like that. Um, maybe a touch higher. I'm I'm not too sure. I don't have the numbers to hand, but it, it it wasn't. We were in the bottom three. We were in the bottom four. I don't think we were in the bottom five. So that's encouraging to me. And and he's worked with with poor squads before, and he's worked with depleted squads, and he's worked with not much, you know, activity in the transfer market. There's some a manager who took Burnley into the Europa League. Like it's insane, or with with the lowest budget in the Premier League. Now, not getting carried away, you know, we're not we're not going on a European tour next season. Um, but at the same time, this this is um, hopefully we can go into the season with a bit of confidence and creating chances has been our, you know, issue and scoring goals has been an issue, and it's still worrying that, you know, you even sort of in pre season, I think all of our pre-season games I think bar one uh, at half time they were nil-nil which is a good thing and a bad thing because we were not conceding that many goals but also um, not scoring too many either so if we can just be hard to beat and um, 
bring in maybe another attacker or two, then you know there's I think there is sort of cause for optimism. Losing Mina was one that was a bit like, and you just know for a fact he's going to go, he's in Fiorentina now. He'll probably have an amazing season if he stays injury free. But we all know that he's a good player. But can you know can we rely on someone to be fit for for um, for thirty eight games and in him? You know probably not. So again, and then sort of other players that we've lost as well. You know Tom Davis was gone. Um, Begovic is gone as well. I think. But yeah, Dan Juma, Young, Chumisi. As I say, if we can try and bring in one, one or two more. No, we've been linked with Che Adams and Sulemana. The latest, I think, is Patton Dacher from Leicester, who, when he was at Salzburg, was it was putting up ridiculous numbers, but it just hasn't really worked for him at Leicester. Another young sort of player that you could probably try and mould something out of. Um, so yeah, I'm going in with optimism. I'm obviously that'll completely drain when we're two 0 down to Fulham at home inside half an hour on the weekend, but. Um, Listen, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. For now, at the same as every season, I go in hoping that Everton can uh, can can yeah can prove me wrong. And I suppose that's why we all that's why we go the game. That's why you lads you know take time out of your busy schedules to to speak about Everton. And it's all you know. It's the hope. It's the hope. The uh, you say it's the hope that kills you, but hopefully it doesn't kill us this season. <laughs> It'll just be hope. <laughs> I think that's a really refreshing outlook, mate. Because uh, I think I, I do agree with you in terms of you know first and foremost he makes he makes his sides hard to beat, and and yeah. and there was definitely signs of improvement in that last season uh, once he got to grips with the side. Uh, I do agree with you losing likes of me and things like that could have an influence. I personally would have kept Connor Cody over Michael Keane, but he's got a bit of loyalty to Michael Keane there, which you know you can kind of semi-understand he's worked with him before. Um, I would feel so much more confident if we were to get in, uh, obviously a Patson Dacker and uh, you know another winger in, and and potentially just with a little bit more creativity in midfield. We look quite a powerful unit in midfield now. Nana's really impressed in pre-season. He looks, you know, like he's he's going to go up a level. I mean, his ceiling's ridiculous. You know, I think we all can say that. I mean, he could potentially go on to be an absolute top class centre half in the next five. Uh, sorry, centre mid in the next five years. But um, it just worries me the lack of goals. There was times last season under Dyche where you know Mike and I spoke about this quite a lot. Where if we conceded first, yeah, then you know, are we going to score two? You know, we almost had to score first to have any chance of winning a game. And then obviously then, you know, that was, to be fair, a lot of the time Mope was playing through the middle there. And then, you know, you suddenly get the Brighton result and how the hell's that even happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean all of us, I think even shot the players that they managed to score five against yeah. a very good, you know, deserve each Brighton. So it'd be interesting to see. I do think if we do get in the, like, you know, maybe an Ian Acho or who's obviously can finish, you know, uh, Daka, like you said, before he played for Leicester was a clinical finisher. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out because, um, I do think we need more firepower, though. That's the only thing that scares me. It really does. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what we've, what we've said. I mean, over the course of pre-season, the off-season, and, you know, we all know that that's, that's the, the key for our recruitment this, this summer is and has been uh, and will be who we can bring through the door from for those wide positions for the central striker, obviously, to Missy being one, but who else can we bring in to, to make a real impact and, and make us 
um, or give us some more squad depth. So when it comes to the reliance on certain players, Dominic Cavalier being the obvious one, if you've got someone else who's an able deputy who can come in and do a similar job and and you know be a similar threat, then it alleviates that pressure for both the player and also the fans as well. Because when Cavalier's name is on the team sheet, automatically you know you be in the ground when the team comes out or outside the ground in the fan zone and the air gets sucked out of the the whole atmosphere because certain players aren't playing and certain players are coming in to replace them and it's. You know, we, we want to get to a situation where there is more balance, there is more squad depth, and and hopefully for, for the remaining weeks of this window, Everton are able to get to that point where we, we leave the uh, the summer transfer window in a stronger position than how we entered it. And that that that's the real key for us to have a season where you know we're not looking over our shoulders going into the last sort of few weeks of the season. Just a season where where you know we said it already, 11, 12, 13, it's around those positions. And that for me will be a satisfactory season and will be an improvement on what we've seen in the last two years. And that that's what, what I'm asking for. It's a low bar. Let, let, let's get it right. And, and yeah. you know, th- this mediocrity should not be accepted. But we are where we are. We have to accept where we are. And we've got to now look to, from this season onwards, moving towards Bramley Moore, look to then try and kick on um, in the Premier League, which is is, is the, really, the really important thing. But... Again, absolute pleasure for to, to speak to you and, and get some inside information on our, on our new signing. Obviously, um, it's great to hear from someone who who's seen him a lot more than we have and, and knows more about him than than we do. Uh, so it, it's much much appreciated. No, it's my my pleasure. As I say, yeah, always nice to uh, even with a even with a cold, always <laughs> nice to, uh, to 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 come on and and speak about Everton. As I say, it's something a, a little bit different and. Fingers crossed he does well. I, I really want him to do well. I, I always have a, obviously I want every Everton player to do well, but even just aside from Everton, when players come over from the, the Premier League, I do want them to sort of kick on because it's good. it gives a good uh, image of the league and and it obviously makes my job a little bit easier. So when a player comes over from the league to Everton, you know, I double down. Uh, the disappointments will be doubled, and and if he if he really kicks on and he's and he's brilliant, then you know I'll be twice as happy. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to to be honest. Over the summer, it's like Everton are back soon. It's a little bit, but then always the week or two before the season starts, I always get back into that. I'm I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Like I, I wanted to start. I can't wait for the Fulham game. And as I say. Half an hour in, that might be a little bit different. Or half time on the concourse, that might be different. But who knows? Is uh, just got to look forward to it and get behind them. And you made a good point there about the the team sheets coming out and 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 how we all feel. And the low, it is a low bar, but it would be nice to just look at a starting eleven and go, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that that that. It doesn't even have to be. Well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win five 0 there. But just looking at the team sheet and being happy with the quality in each position, because a lot of times last season, there's, there's players in the team that were like, are they good enough, you know, sort of at this level? And you speak about not being able to score enough goals. You, it's, you know, square pegs and round holes. You've, you know, Damari Gray would be at the the tip the tip of the team, and again, he's not a striker and. So it, it'll just be nice to just see players playing in their actual position and and thinking, yeah, you know what? Even maybe with an injury or two, we've got enough there to to come in and and do a job. And that's I think Young does give us that as well. I've been impressed with him in pre-season. In that he's a style he can play, 
you know, a couple of different positions and he's he's experienced. And um, you know, hopefully this this Dan Jumer injury is an um sorry, this McNeil injury and Dan Jumer as well. Hopefully the uh, the McNeil it's not too long, maybe a couple of weeks, I think I made him, but that's annoying because it felt like he was really ready for the season as well. But you know, fingers crossed we uh, you know, we're, we're lucky with our injuries this season and we can just have, as you say, a solid season to take us in towards Bramley Moore. Staying in the Premier League to low bar, just gotta do it over these 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 next two years and and hopefully when the um the finance sort of changes hands or we're taking over or whatever sort of happens in that, then we can start to look to kick on. But for now, as you say, remain a solid Premier League team. Continue to buy smart, sell big if we can, when we can, and uh, yeah, just keep ticking along. I do, I do agree with you on actually young quickly there, though. I do think it's a shrewd, I know he's 38, um, but I do think that's a shrewd bit of business. I think he'll be more Gareth Barry than Fabian Delft, put it that way, do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, in, terms of, in terms of what what he offers, and, and left back was a weak point for his, you know, what I mean, I know, I know obviously, um, Mikhalenko's coming and done a job, but. We've been blessed with much better left backs before him. You know what I mean? So I think I think Ashley Young will provide us a bit of leadership as well. He's a strong character. Uh, but just quickly before we finish, mate, the uh, I, I meant to ask you about Chimiti as well. I mean, is is he regarded as quick? Has he got any pace, or is he not the type of guy that will run in behind like Calvert Lewin can offer you? Oh yeah, he, he will. He will run. He will run in behind. Yeah. He and if he's got the ball at his feet as well, he's sort of one of those players that are, that's, that can be you know sort of quick off the mark. Um, which which is which is good for us, especially uh, sort of playing on that counter. He can get um, yeah. So as he's 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 not he's no slouch like, which is which obviously another uh, another bonus for us. So yeah, similar in that in that regard, doesn't need everything to feet. He's not like quite laboured when he's with the ball. He he will try and knock it past an opponent and sort of or spinning behind. So yeah, it's, it's nice that he's got that to his game as well. Yeah, certainly looking forward to seeing him. I've got to be honest. I, I, I do, I do look forward to seeing what he can, what he can do this season. Um, and I look forward to ending the transfer window. Hopefully, in as I say, in in a better position. But that is us for today. Hope you enjoyed the 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 special. Um, as I say, a little bit, a little bit unplanned, but always good to get a little extra show out there from time to time. And we'll be back ourselves at the weekend usual slot on Sunday. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.